macaroni and cheese And Santa put gifts under Christmas trees Decorate the house with lights at night Snow's on the ground, snow white so bright In the fireplace is the Yule log Beneath the mistletoe as we drink so today I get to speak to a fellow 85er. So I'm sure he remembers Dick Tracy, Bam Bam Bigelow, Beetlejuice, and opening up Ninja Turtles Under the Tree. The 90s were a great time, weren't they? This beauty played four seasons in the OHL and amassed 32 goals and 31 assists. He later went on to a professional career which included stops in France and allowed him to travel all around the great nation to the south of me. That's the USA, by the way. Now it's a little hard to describe his hockey DB in one sentence. He's no Nello Ferreira, if you've been listening to the Chicklets, but not far off the mark. He played for 11 different professional teams in, let me catch my breath, the ECHL, the SPHL, the EPHL, the French League, the FHL, the CHL, and finally ending his career with the Danville Dashers in 2013-2014. But wait, there's more. This information was pulled from the HockeyDB website. Shout out to those guys. When I was doing my research for this interview, I went on YouTube and I saw a highlight video of 2018-2019 in Turkey. Uh, not pumping this guy's tires, but he looked like Pavel Bure out there. So uh, I went to Elite Prospects, a different website, and turns out that this fucking guy has continued living the dream in New Zealand, Germany, and now in Turkey. Thanks for the invite, bud. From Wampum, Pennsylvania, Matt Ponereri. Matt, how are you today? Terrific, terrific. Thanks for having me, Rob. Really appreciate it. So uh, where are you right now? Uh, I am in uh, Waltham, Pennsylvania, population 500 proud. Uh, it's my hometown. I usually uh, come back here for the summers, but uh, stayed a little longer this year. You know, I don't get to spend time with the family that often around the uh, winter holidays, so I thought I'd take a little little part of the season off and, and hang out at home. And uh, you know, I'll be heading out uh, in a couple weeks for Sun Valley again, a senior league. Oh, Sun Valley, okay, because uh, you were playing in Turkey last year, weren't you? I was, yeah. It was, it was excellent over there. I really had a good time. My buddy Brian Dunford, who's been around as well, he's, he's spent the last few years in Turkey. So he helped me get out there, and I you know, really enjoyed it. Had you ever been over there? That was my first time in Turkey uh, and the Middle East. You know, I've been over to Europe a few times, but uh, it was certainly a cool experience. You know, it's, uh, it's a beautiful country. I was, I was surprised. You know, it's, it's known as more of a third-world country, but the people were fantastic, and it was a really, really cool experience. So you got to experience the culture over there a bit? Definitely, definitely. The food. Maybe my favorite of all the places. Uh, yeah, it's unbelievable. So uh, I'm just looking over your stats, and uh, you're pretty well a point-per-game guy in the FHL. Uh, unfortunately, I didn't have the pleasure to go watch you play. How would you describe yourself as a player when you're playing in that league? Um, you know, speed has always been my, my best weapon. Um, I had a lot of lot of excellent um, line mates while I, was, while I was in the FHL. Yeah, I work hard and, and experience. I, I've had a lot, of, uh, a lot of great coaches in my past, so... You know, being in the right place at the right time, and obviously need the opportunities. You know, the coaches put me in the top six more often than not. So, you know, I was out there in the big moments with the power play times. You know, for the most part, I I lived off my speed and uh, and playmaking ability, and we, we snuck a few in there every now and then. Right on. And is there uh, one season in particular that stands out to you uh, while you played in the FHL? Yeah, you know, I really enjoyed my my first year with with the Brooklyn Aviators. We we had a an awesome team. A really good group of guys. We ended up winning like 21 games in a row, I think. You know, we, we went from third or fourth place to first. And uh, we ended up losing in the finals to uh, talk with Sazi, who, who had a stacked team. They were really good. They had uh, Dajanay, who played in the NHL for a few years. And, and uh, Carter Trevelani, I think, Trevislani, he played for the Italian national team. And obviously, Mafus was there. He had a he had a great playoff that year. So, they, we you know, we ran into a really, really good team in the final. But, uh 
you know, we we had a great season, and that uh, you know that was probably my favorite season in the uh, in the Feds. You also won the cup, right? Definitely, yeah. I, I won with the Outlaws the second year, and then uh, you know I was <laughs> I was a part of the Danbury team the next year. I actually uh, they had that weird um, expansion draft, and I was I was in the CHL playing with the Bloomington Thunder or Blaze Thunder, okay. I think, for for a couple months, and just so happens I got released literally in between the, the first round and the finals of the FHL and somehow they let me <laughs> sneak into that final. So I ended up winning a couple of those guys as well. Good for you. Yeah, I was, I was, uh, I was lucky. It's nice to win, only win three games. I, I think my first home game in Danbury, which is, you know, a place that was uh, an arch rival for the first couple of years of my career. Uh, my first home game and only home game in Danbury, we ended up winning the cup. So that was pretty, pretty wild. <laughs> Not a bad deal. So who are some guys that you'd like to give a shout out to as far as old teammates? Oh geez, Louise, there's there's so many. In the uh, in the federal league, you know, I, obviously the the Brooklyn boys, Salton, Jesse, my uh, partner in the uh, beer beer fight dance, um, Andrew Scampoli, Nick Kukwale, Kevin Drew, Brian Dunford, Jimmy Jensen, Danny Mercer, Jamie Jamie Zaleski, one of my favorites in the in the federal league. Uh, Dusty Henning is a, is an all time beauty. Um, you know, I'm sure I'm leaving out 20 guys, but uh, we, we only got 40 minutes, right? So you know, I don't want to send a shout out to everybody, but uh, that's the great thing about hockey. You, you meet so many awesome people and, and uh, you know, every team I've been on, it's, it's been an incredible, incredible family environment. So it's it's been really, really nice. Yeah. Now, uh, I'm aware that you've had to drop the mitts a few times along your career. And also uh, uh, you had a tilt with uh, Tim Sestito, who was a tough bastard, even at the NHL level. Uh, this is an old time hockey podcast. I was going to ask you, like, which league would you consider the toughest physically that you've played in? Uh, yeah, it had to be the OHL. I mean, there was a lot of, a lot of big time fighters back then. You know, Cam Jansen was in the league, uh, Sean McMorrow, a couple guys that come off the top of my head. You know, I, I know Timmy's brother was, was tough, Tom Tosito. I think he was a little bit, might have been a year after me. So, but there were some really, really tough guys now. Like Zach Stortini. I mean, Brandon Prost was, uh, was a big fighter around that time. So I'd have to say the OHL. You know, I, luckily I only, had to drop the gloves a few times in that league. Uh, you know, funny story about about Timmy and I. We we had the same agent, so um, it was early in the season, and we were beating them, I think, five three or so. And it was you know division game, rivalry game, trying to set the tone for the season. And and there was some chirping going back and forth. I think there was like five fights in that in that third period. And uh, you know, Timmy and I had the same agent, so we knew each other. And he came out there and he said, you know, the coach sent me out here to fight you. And I kind of said no at first, and then there was a timeout, and I kind of thought about. It. I was like, oh, well, you know, might as well. Drop the mitts, you know. I liked Timmy a lot. I was like, yeah, you know, the way the game was going. I had my family in town. Uh, we were in Detroit. It was in Plymouth, um, so it was only about a four-hour drive or so. So we ended up fighting, and we actually both cut each other open, which is, you know, strange. I mean, neither one of us. I mean, I mean Timmy's a, a tough kid, strong kid, but he's yeah. not really known as a fighter. So, um, you know, he actually fought the night before and had his nose broken. I think I caught him with the first punch I threw and and popped his nose open again, and he, he ended up, uh, you know getting the best of the fight after that. And I think my helmet came down and, and sliced me open for like eight stitches. And so we, we met up in the, uh, in the uh, Plymouth training room and we were talking and it, you know, it's kind of the old, old school hockey thing where, you know, after the fight, it's, it's like nothing ever happened. We started talking about families and, you know, how the season was going and, and how everything was. So it was really, really cool how, the, you know, that all happened. I mean, obviously uh, a lot of respect to Timmy and, uh, you know, very, very proud of uh, the career he ended up having. Yeah, and I mean, you you did pretty good in that field. I think you're selling yourself a, a little bit short, but uh, I got well, I got surprisingly lucky there. Yeah, and uh, like just uh, on the same topic, like who's the scariest, meanest dude that you've had the pleasure to share the ice with, like against or uh, on the same <laughs> team? 
Oh, geez. That's tough. That's tough. I mean, McMorrow was really tough. Very intimidating character. You know, there's there also a guy, uh, Neil Pasilico, who didn't play a whole lot. I think he played a little bit in the Quebec uh, major, not the major league, but the uh, you know, the Quebec senior. Yeah, the NLA. He, he was there for a few years. So he was certainly a tough guy. Um, yeah. He was he was on our team. So he was he kind of knew he was more of a goofball, crazy guy than, you know, than, uh, than someone that would literally kill you. But I, I would say Sean McMorrow was uh, – or or McGratton, you know, Brian McGratton too. He was he was a very fierce fierce dude and he was nineteen or twenty when I was sixteen. So just so seeing him fly around out there, you know, and, and seeing some of his uh documentaries now, you know, following him a little bit uh on the soccer career, he, he was definitely a, a crazy dude. That's pretty cool that you got to play against him. He's my all time favorite, by the way. Really, Mr. McGratton, yeah, he's a he's uh he's a wild man. Yeah, he seems like he pulled his life together a little bit. I know he had some trouble with uh yeah. you know, the alcohol and uh and the and the partying, but uh, yeah, he seems like he's, he's got it together, and uh, you know, he I mean, he fought his, his whole way through his career. So really, really good story, really inspiring guy, for sure. And uh, now take me back to uh, little Matt Ponterary uh, with an orange crush mustache and uh, just a few hairs under the armpit. Uh, like, where did you play your minor hockey, and uh, how did you refine your skills? My uh, my uncle actually took me out to skate when I was five and enjoyed it, you know. And uh, my first coach was was Don Rainbow. I actually. Uh, <laughs> Dated his daughter for, for a year and a half uh, last year, but um, you know, so I stayed stayed in that organization, which is the Beaver County Badger, just a team that was 20 minutes away, and played there until I was 13, and then started the Triple A thing, started to travel with hockey, and uh, played for the Hornets when I was 13 and 15, and then the, the middle year uh, I played for the, the Cleveland Barons at the age of uh, 14, and um, you know, obviously when I was 16, I ended up getting drafted by the Guelph Storm in the first round, which was it was all kind of crazy because I, you know, I didn't even know what the OHL was to be honest. And I, you know, I had all these agents coming up to me. I had a couple of good tournaments in Toronto when I was 15, and I was kind of uh, more mature physically. I, I was the same size at the age of 12 that I am now, so it's, uh, you know, I had that advantage at, uh, at a younger age. And um, you know, it all it all happened so fast. So you know, they had the draft, and I, I, if I understood the system more so at that age, I, it probably would have worked out a little differently. Where I would have tried to have. We ended up setting up a deal where the Guelph Storm would would uh, draft me. We kind of told everyone, "I'll say he's going to college," or like most American guys did at that time. You know, you know during the major junior drafts, uh, I think the majority probably um, ended up going to college. I think there was a few that year: Danny Fritchie and, and Patrick O'Sullivan was the number one pick. So there, there was four, four or five guys I think from America that got drafted that first round um, year. But um, yeah, and then and then obviously I, I was in the O for four years and. And professionally, it all—you uh, <laughs> just never knew where you, end up, you would end up. You know, I, I had a friend. I played junior hockey my 20-year-old year in Oswego, and uh, you know, the guy I hung out with there actually got me a, a tryout in the SPHL, and, and that's where that's where it started. That's awesome because, like, uh, as a kid, like I never really focused on one thing. I think my parents should have uh, gotten me on the the Ritalin, but um, I had some friends that were. Uh, you know, hockey all the time, and like, would you would you say that you were like a all hockey all the time? No, no, not at all. I was uh, all sports all the time. You know, I, I played everything. Um, you know, it was really tough to to play other sports when I was playing hockey. I had to I had to stop playing basketball in eighth grade. I should stop playing baseball in eleventh or twelfth grade. Um, you know, I, I still play everything to this day. And, and hockey wasn't even my favorite, really. It was just uh, you know, when I looked at the, the big scheme of things, it seemed like that was my best opportunity to to make a living out of a out of a game and you know i always wanted to be a professional athlete so it, it made sense to, to give it a go and then when i hit 16 17 i, I didn't even really do uh workouts that were 
particular for hockey. You know, I, I just basically um, <laughs> prepared to be a good athlete. You know, so it was, uh, you know, hockey uh, just seemed like the best opportunity. And then getting drafted in the first round of, you know, major juniors, it, it was no doubter that, you know, that was uh, a possible career in the future. So I ended up running with it. For sure. And uh, did you ever consider a career in acting? Because you seem to have the je ne sais quoi, you know, with the stash. And uh, uh, that beer thing was pretty funny, I'm, I, I got to admit. Yeah, I, you know, I always, uh, my goal was to win 10 championships on 10 pro teams. And, and um, you know, I wanted to have a different number and uh, a different facial hair as well. So I would always do the different facial hair stuff. So it was really, really enjoyable. Even to this day, I, you know, I think uh, I might have a future in entertaining. That's something I'm, I'm looking into, and we'll see, see how it all works out. But uh, you know, post hockey, that's that's certainly something that interests me. Um, coaching as well, but uh, yeah, it's always, it's always nice. I felt like part of uh, being a hockey player was certainly to entertain the fans. They, you know, they spend their hard-earned money to to come out and watch you play, and, and obviously there would be no no minor pro hockey without the fans. So. You know, I feel like it's part of our responsibility to to let them have as good a time as we're having out there, and uh, you know, I think I think everyone enjoys a good mustache and, and other other facial hair as well. For sure. And uh, now you knew I was going to bring it up, so uh, can can you talk to me about the, the the beer incident? Yeah, of course, of course. You know, the, Jesse and I had played together a few years earlier in Brooklyn. You know, I had told him the week before we played each other. I think I brought it up as like, do you want to make a a business decision? I don't know why I proposed it like that because I. Obviously, I had no idea that it was going to get as big as it did. I didn't even know they filmed those games, to be honest. I, didn't, I wasn't watching any uh, <laughs> FHL footage back then. So yeah. that wasn't you know, that wasn't uh, the goal. But to be honest, it was just, you know, again, to, to have fun. I mean, we were out of the playoffs. That was our last game of the season. So there was no risk on, on my end. I had never even considered getting suspended for it, far enough suspended for life. So it was, uh, you know, that was kind of a, sh- a shock when, when that happened. But, um, yeah, for the most part, you know, I asked him if he wanted to do it, and originally we were both supposed to have beers, but uh, his coach found out about it, and they, they were in the playoffs, so he didn't want him to get suspended. He ended up getting suspended for the playoffs anyway, but uh, so so that's why he didn't end up having a beer, and uh, yeah, basically I brought the beer over from, from Danville, and the game was in Dayton, and I left in the locker room until the second intermission, and then we brought it out to the bench, and then at the 10-minute mark, when we were down 4 nothing, and the game was kind of over, I figured it was the right time to do it, so... On the video, you can kind of see me like adjusting my pants when I'm coming in for the face off, and I'm actually trying to get the beer in there. You know, then then Jesse and I kind of kind of do the dance and into the into the fight, and and the reason we hugged so fast, we were supposed to dance a little longer, or at least that was my my intention. Their, their buddies were actually like, "What if you, you know, what if punch just punched in the face? <laughs> like, what would what would happen if I just sucker punched in the face? But the, the beer was falling down my pants, so." So that's the reason I came in for the hug so fast. And you can kind of see on the video um, that I, I got it right away because it was already falling down. You know, it kind of just fell right into my hand yeah. really, really quickly. And, uh, you know, so I went back to the locker room, finished the beer, didn't think too much of it. You know, I never would have never would have dreamed of turning into something like it did. I mean, it was kind of a viral viral thing for, for a couple of weeks. And I always get uh, tagged in Facebook uh, videos of it every March. Yeah, well, I thought it was funny. You know, like, you put up some good points wherever you went. So, like, do you think that incident overshadowed your actual hockey ability? Definitely, yeah. You know, there's a lot of things, man. I mean, I've, you know, I've made a lot of bad decisions as far as my my uh, hockey career would go, but that that certainly hurt me a, a couple times. I had a deal in, uh, in Holland the year the year after, and ended up seeing this uh, beer fight, and uh, you know, unfortunately, I decided to go in a different direction. I mean, I I could play in better leagues in German six and, and Turkey. You know, I've been averaging four and a half points the last three years, and 
Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm getting older now, but at the age of 31, 32, yeah, it's, it's uh, unfortunate. But at the same time, you bring it on yourself. You know, I mean, I've I've done a lot of dumb things in my career, and I understand why. Uh, certainly, understand why an American team wouldn't want to take a chance, and the European teams are kind of just going off of a, a piece of paper, and they don't know what what some of these leagues are. So, um, yeah, it's unfortunate that it worked out that way. But hey, I can still play and uh, and travel and have yeah. fun, and that's the the goal of it all. Well, I think people just need to lighten up and take a joke and uh, it is what it is because uh, you got to travel all over the place so uh, this episode will be released on Christmas so uh, do you have the the big Santa beard going yet or are you still lock, rocking the Fu Manchu from November? <laughs> I, I got the beard going now you know, I, my mom was all over me little mini beard going um, you know, I, I try to stay as clean shaven as possible when I'm, when I'm around home mom loves it and uh, you know, my looks mean the most to her so Try to keep her happy. Um, you know, like I usually uh, get wild with the facial hair when uh, when I hit the road and, and travel with the boys. So, you know, I'll probably shave this thing before Christmas so we can get some nice nice holiday photos while I'm in town here for uh, for the holidays. And, um, you know, then, then we'll see what we come up with in the winter. Yeah, I don't blame you. And uh, you done the Christmas shopping or are you a last-minute guy like myself? It, yeah, I'm a, I'm a procrastinator for sure. I think, uh, you know, I'm not as bad as my, my brother, but... Uh, you know, we, we all wait to the last second, no question. And the lines are getting crazier and crazier. It's nice with this uh, internet shop, and it makes it makes it a lot more convenient, for sure. Yeah, I got the wife covered. That's uh, number one, but I, I still got to shop everybody oh, else. But You're in business. Do you have any uh, kids? No. Do you? I, I'm kidless and wifeless right now. I just met a girl, though, so we'll see yeah. where it goes. Okay, well, that's all right. You're, you're going you're to need interrogation then. So uh, <laughs> now, now uh, tough one for you. Uh, what is your favorite toy that you received for the age of 10? Oh wow! Yeah, I was I was definitely a big Ninja Turtle guy. I heard, I heard you mention them during the, uh, the introduction. So um, you know, any anything Ninja Turtle related. Um, you know, obviously I, I'm a video game guy too. I think uh, we actually we had this exchange student from Montreal. His name was John Francois Deu, and he uh, I remember him getting me NHL '96 for uh, for Super Nintendo, which I I spent a lot of time on. Um, you know, video games were were big hit. Um, obviously, you get those those big trucks. You know that that you can drive around, you feel like you're on the road at the age of 10. So that, those were cool too. But yeah, probably the video games and obviously JF being in town for uh, for Montreal was, was a cool experience. So that was the one Christmas he was there. That was definitely a memorable gift. Yeah, the Ninja Turtles. I, I remember I had that truck, you know, that threw the pieces. I don't know if you had that at home or not. No, I didn't get it, but I, you know, I knew about it. Uh, favorite movie <laughs> as a kid? Oh man, I probably I've always been a an Adam Sandler fan. You know, he's still my favorite to this day. So probably Happy Gilmore. You know, I yeah, guess that, that would have been early nineties, ten years old or so. Yeah, that, that's that a would classic. Be, that would be numero uno. Favorite TV show as a kid? Oh, as a kid, huh? I I love Saved by the Bell. You know, that was before school. That yeah. would uh, be up there. Um, I didn't get really get in the Seinfeld or the Friends till a little bit later. So yeah, I, I would say Saved by the Bell or Fresh Prince. While while you're on that topic, I mean, Friends or Seinfeld. Oh, definitely Seinfeld. Seinfeld's no. my my favorite show of all time, and yeah, I, lo- I love Kirk. your enthusiasm as well. Big big Larry David and Seinfeld guy. I love George Costanza. <laughs> He's uh, the best. Yeah, yeah. Kramer. Now, where was your favorite team to play for in the OHL? Uh, in the OHL, it's the same rating. I was lucky enough to be there for two years. Uh, you know, I had amazing billet. Not that I didn't in the other places because they were great as well. But uh, yeah, Sioux was a special place um, that that I really enjoyed being in the the. Uh, atmosphere was amazing i mean we were we were kind of big shots on campus there you know i mean every i mean people would recognize me just walking down the street of a seventy-five thousand population town you know so it was kind of surprising it was all overwhelming when you're 17 18 19 you know but uh, yeah sue st marie would, would be my answer 
So, like, I never played in the OHL, right? Like, I, I wasn't that great of a hockey player. And I, I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy, but is it hard uh, being that young and uh, traded, you know, like changing schools and all that, new teachers and everything? At that time, you know, the hardest part was actually going to the first place. It was Guelph when I was 16 because I had never been away from home. I had asked for a, trade, for a trade through my agent because, my, you know, I was hoping to get more playing time. It was my draft year. And, and uh, you know, after 10, 15 games, I only had a couple points. And I was like, there's no way I'm going to have an opportunity to, to get drafted if, if this is the way things are going to continue. So, um, you know, I actually asked for a trade. And obviously, I, I enjoyed the uh, the second destination a little more. So, uh that worked out, but yeah, I mean, it's always tough. You know, my, my first time in Europe as well was, in France was, was very difficult for a while. You know, I was uh, in a relationship with a girl that that, that definitely affected. And, uh, you know, the, the two toughest signs were definitely my 16-year-old year. And then, uh, you know, I think it was my third year or second year in France. I, I can't remember which year I was in, in France, third or fourth year maybe. But, uh, yeah, those are the two toughest adjustments. And then after that, it was... Uh, yeah, you, know, you get used to it, and it's uh, it's not normal when you when you're you're not moving and and away from it all, you know. Yeah, and I got buddies that played in the O. And are are you still friends with high school guys? You know, like that weren't necessarily on the team, but you know, or, or just too busy at the rink and everything else. No, I, I certainly uh, you know have them as Facebook friends. We we keep in touch every now and then. I haven't been to uh, to Canada for about ten years now. Unfortunately, I'm definitely hoping to make a trip up there. We used to do road trips home from Sault Ste. Marie, so we we go all the way through and drop off some of the boys in uh, in Kitchener and Sudbury, and uh, I think one guy was from Barrie as well. So, um, you know, I definitely enjoyed Canada. But uh, yeah, certainly high school buddies. I, I was kind of known as the crazy guy. I would always challenge uh, the cafeteria to, to karaoke or or dance competition. So, you know, I was very very well known. I wouldn't say I was a popular guy because you know there's probably a lot of people that they weren't big fans just because the uh, the hockey guys were definitely entitled a little bit as far as school goes, especially because we were from out of town and we kind of came into school. And not me personally, but definitely some of my teammates were very popular with the ladies. So I'm sure a lot of the guys didn't appreciate that. And, you know, we definitely got some breaks when it came to uh, getting out of school early or, or even, you know, getting help uh, with our grades or, you know, help with our work. So, um, you know, I'm not sure what my uh, improvement rate would have been, but, uh, you know, I was certainly well known in my in my high school Canadian career. I actually ended up graduating from Canada and, and never never graduated from uh, an American high school. So that was that's kind of surprising for for people to hear. There you go. And uh, which barn was the best to play in when you were uh, when you played in the old uh, like Homer away? You know, Sue. We were in the old Sue rink, and uh, you know that had a lot of a lot of past, a lot of, a lot of tradition. So that that was cool. I mean, just London was brand new, and they had a really really solid squad. Robbie Shrimp was there, and Corey Perry, and you know a couple other guys uh, on defense that were really good. Turned into solid NHL players. I mean, they they would pack the place with ten thousand people. So it was just that was uh, that was probably the best environment when you got that many people, and and you're the main attraction. It's it's a really cool experience. But I, I'd say London. You know, obviously being at home is always always nice too. Yeah, Rob Robbie Shrimp was uh he had the hands on him, eh? Yeah, he uh he was a pretty impressive player. He actually had the same agent as uh as Timmy and I, so I I'd seen him before and you know, he was uh on the USA hockey magazine pretty early in his in his day too, I think when he was fourteen or fifteen, yeah. You know, so he was definitely uh, a well known guy. But yeah, he, he was impressive. He was he was a really good player. So, uh, Matt, this is your time to shine. I know there are some uh, notable differences between playing in some leagues and uh, the show, but uh, do you have any good stories that come to mind, uh, whether it be parties or the long bus trips? Oh, definitely, definitely. You know, I, I know this is the uh, the Christmas edition, so I'll start off with a couple Christmas celebrations that I had. Uh, Merry Christmas to everyone that's listening. Thanks for uh, 
tuning in with Robbie and I here. But uh, yeah, there was uh, this one celebration, which I, to this day I think is is my best. Was uh, you know, I had this I put a candy cane in my pants right where you would strap it in. And the first shift went by, and not too much happened. And and on the second shift, I could kind of fill up breaks. So I was like, oh, this isn't going to work out. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to get to use this candy cane in the celebration. And sure enough, <laughs> the puck just went behind the net, and all of a sudden, I got on my stick in front and, and uh, threw a backhander in, and I took it out of my pants, sucked on it a couple times, and threw it in the stands. So that was that was one of my favorite celebrations. There was another <laughs> one in Danbury. I, I think that one was in Fayetteville at the SBHL, uh, my first year. And then uh, in Danbury with the New Jersey Outlaws. Uh, my second year in the Fed, I had a pair of socks in my pants. And uh, after I scored a goal, I had one of the players sit on my lap. And I had the big beard back then. So I had a nice Santa impersonation going on. And I pulled out the pair of socks and gave it to him, you know, like uh, like he was a, a young child getting a, a brand new fresh pair of socks. So, yeah, I really, really enjoyed uh, in those celebrations around the Christmas time. You know, certainly uh, a couple of OHL stories for anyone who knows John Van Beesbrook, who, who I liked a lot. Um, he was course, my coach yeah. and GM. Uh, my 17-year-old year, so I, I had a couple, a couple stories with him. Uh, you know, like I was mentioning earlier, I, I was certainly known to, uh, you know, to have some fun in, in school, and because of that, my first road trip in Sault Ste. Marie, I just gotten traded from from Guelph. We went to a place called, uh, oh, what was it called? It was like an Applebee's, Casey's, I think it was called. And it was kind of like an Applebee's type place, and they had, uh, we had like 24 people there, so we had three tables all set up horizontally two in the front and then the middle one was like probably five feet behind and I was sitting on the, the far right of the third table and the beezer was like sitting on the back of the uh, the second table so the the beezer was about uh, five feet away from me you know I was sitting at the table with guys like Trevor Daly and uh, Jeff Carter Brad Stalbitz was there and then there's a couple of the older guys the 19 20 year old guys it was my first week on the team and they had known about some of my shenanigans at school so they kind of got the the feeling that I would do anything at any time. And so this is my first week, 17 years old, freshly traded to the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds. And they, they're telling me to shoot check the Beezer. Now, for those that don't know about the shoot check, basically all you do is put everything on a spoon and you try to put it on someone's shoe without them realizing. Then you go back to your seat and everyone starts tapping on the glass and on their glasses and everyone checks their shoes to make sure, you know, it wasn't them. So they put ketchup, mustard, you know, everything they had there, barbecue sauce, jelly, butter, the whole nine yards, and, and this is the most nervous I've ever been in my life. I mean, we're talking about the Beezer here. You know, I grew up watching him on TV. Now he's my coach. I mean, even if I don't get caught, word's probably going to get out. You know, <laughs> Punty shoot check the Beezer in the first first week he was in the series. So, so I'm I'm shaking, and and this was and some of the table was on on carpet, and some of it was on like a a wooden kind of a dance floor setup. So, um, you know, he's only five feet away from me. I'm thinking I'm going to pull this off, get back to my seat. I'll be a legend here. Guys will love me <laughs> as long as I'm here. And but but at the same time, this is I've never been so scared in my life. So I'm I'm shaking with this with the spoon, and all I can think about is getting from my seat to the Beezer's feet, getting it on his shoes, and getting back to my table as soon as possible. I get up and I go to move my chair back, and it it kind of screeches a little bit. And so already, you know, I'm I'm thinking this is this is a very bad bad decision. But I get up, I get down on all fours, and I, I take like two two crawls, and I'm about three feet from the from the Beezer's shoes. And the assistant coach just just points at me, and the Beezer turns his head and looks me right in the eyes, and he just he just shakes his finger. He's like, "You're not kidding me, buddy." <laughs> so I just got up with the spoon and, and went back to my seat. <laughs> so that was uh, that was a pretty wild one. Another another Beezer story 
it's kind of similar. I'm like, I, I don't think he knew it was me this time. Unless he, he listened to this podcast, he might, he might find out. But um, so we, we were in uh, on our way to a game in Sudbury, and we stopped at uh, one of those moose places. I, I can't remember what they're called, but they, we used to have chicken, spaghetti, um, salad, the, the normal, normal pregame meal. You know, we're all finishing up. Everyone's had a, a plate or two, and um, and I just go up there and I put one of those those butter packets and I cut open a little a little slice of the bun and I stick the uh, I stick the butter packet inside the bun and there was only about five buns left. You know, I just did this. I was thinking, no, I was, I was thinking everyone's done eating. There's very little possibility that that anybody even goes up for another bun. But sure enough, the beezer steps up and he's he's still hungry for a bun. He goes up, grabs the bun. <laughs> as soon as he opens it, he just turns and throws it across the buffet. He goes, "You have to get up pretty damn early to get me." <laughs> so, so that was a pretty wild one. Let's see some other stuff. And Sault Ste. Marie, Jeffrey Carter and uh, Brad Staubitz went out fishing one night. They, you know, they partied pretty often. They, they'd be out and about on the town, and, and somehow they only lived a couple miles away from me. Um, their billets. So, so somewhere along the along their night's journey, they end up uh, back at my place. And uh, you know, I wake up in the morning with with a car full of snow. This huge. I don't know what I, I'm. I'm not familiar with the fish, but it was. It looked like a salmon or or a bass just on top of my my antenna. So, so needless to say, my uh, my car wasn't uh, available to drive to practice in the morning. <laughs> Another thing, I have a couple missed flight stories, which are or interesting, you know, I was in, uh, I was in France and I usually didn't go home for Christmas, but I had, uh, you know, I had some, a relationship going. So I, you know, I wanted to get back and, and spend some time with her and the family. And, uh, you know, I was playing in Morsi in France, which is probably about an hour from Geneva, Switzerland. I mean, the, the hardest part, we, you have to go down a mountain for 30 minutes. So it, it seems like a long trip, but it wasn't that bad. My flight was at nine in the morning. I ended up, uh, Watching a game, it was uh, still still the football season, and uh, you know I think it was the Giants and the Eagles playing. Um, you know, and I, I just figured, oh, I'll, you know, I'll have a have a few glass, a few bottles of wine and and have a good time, party, and then you know I could sleep the whole way home on the on the flight home. And so uh, you know everything's going fine. I'm I'm getting hammered at 6 a.m. My buddy comes to pick me up. I just stayed up all night and 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 enjoyed the game, and because uh, we were six hours ahead, so I think the game started at like four o'clock. So he picks me up at six, and it's only an hour trip, hour and fifteen maybe. My flight's at nine, nine fifteen. So we're, we're right on, right on schedule, and everything's going fine until we got to uh, Geneva. And uh, oh, another part of the story is, uh, for, for whatever reason, I, I was wearing my suit. I was wearing a suit. I, I just didn't want to pack it in my bag, and I, I needed a suit at home for you know some type of Christmas event. I can't remember. So, so I got my suit, my my luggage here, and I'm driving with three other guys who have flights home for for Christmas. Obviously. Uh, you know they're they're from Europe, so it wasn't wasn't as important for them to get to the the airport as it was for me. They didn't mind missing their flights; only cost fifty, sixty euros. But uh, yeah, mine was pretty expensive. It's a pretty expensive mistake here. Basically, we get into Geneva and traffic's not moving, and, and it's starting to it's starting to get a little scary. We're at seven thirty, eight o'clock, and then all of a sudden it's eight thirty, and I you know I looked at my buddy like, look, dude, I got to get out of the car and I got to make a move. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna make this flight, it's gonna be by foot. You know, we're not gonna make it like that. She's like, punch you don't even know. We don't even know where we're at. We're not even close to the airport. You know, we're still six miles away or so. So I get out of the I get out of the car and start walking <laughs> in the middle of Geneva, and uh, obviously still hammered and and wearing the suit. And I'm asking people, hey, where's you know, where's the airport? Can you can you take me to the airport? And then one guy's like, we'll take the train three into the bus six. And you know, he's explaining this to me. I was like, oh, that sounds like it's uh, 
it's going to take a lot longer than half an hour. So I got to try something else. So I go to a taxi driver and I was like, Hey, uh, you know, how far is the airport? He's like, ah, oh, you're, you're about 10 kilometers away. And, uh, you know, right then and there, I knew I wasn't going to make the flight, but I still wanted to get to the airport and see if I could figure something out. You know, I ended up getting a ride from the taxi and I get there at like nine, nine fifteen, which is about the time my flight was leaving. And by this time I'm just gassed. I'm exhausted. So I, <laughs> I ended up passing out in the middle, in the middle of the airport, like on the ground in the suit. And this guy kicked me. He's like, he's like, Hey, what the hell are you doing? And I, I just looked around. I was like, Oh my God, I don't know. I don't know what the hell I'm doing. So I get up and I'm talking to the, uh, the airline and they're telling me, yeah, you're screwed. You missed your flight. Your only other, your only other option is to buy another flight. So I ended up buying another flight for the next day, but you know, basically, um, <laughs> I had someone from the team pick me up, take me back to, uh, to Morzine. And, uh, you know, we actually got a workout in there the team had a, a workout for the people that were still in town. And ended up going back the next day and, and sleeping at the, uh, I, I slept at the airport that night to, to make sure I made my flight this time. <laughs> it sounds like you made it worth it, though. It was definitely worth the story, no question. I mean, it, it was a $900 mistake or so, but enjoyable time. We're getting to the end of the interview, so uh, I can't let you uh, celebrate the holidays without making you sweat a bit. So it's time for the interrogation. You ready? All right, bring it on, brother. State your name. Matthew Vincent Ponteray. Date of birth. 617-1985. Meat pie or fruitcake? Oh, wow. Uh, fruitcake. What do you put on it? Um, lots and lots of uh, whipped cream, either the, the Cool Whip or the, uh, you know, I really like the uh, the regular the regular stuff you throw in the pumpkin pie and stuff. I, I load it up with that. Do you have a specialty dish that you cook? I'm not a great chef, as amazing as that would sound. It's just I've been living on my own for so long out there in foreign countries. But no, my specialty would probably be... Um, <laughs> Noki, Noki with bolognese, you know, <laughs> nothing, nothing special. Are you, are you Italian? Um, I am Italian, yeah, which is really sad that I, you know, I'm not a very good chef. A hypothetical question or a real question. You've got to <laughs> marry one of these beauties, okay? Rihanna, Mariah Carey, Celine Dion, or Ma- Nicki Minaj? Mariah Carey. Why and please go in as many details as you can. <laughs> the... Uh, the main reason would be the uh, the CD cover when she had the uh, the rainbow across her ass. Yeah, I, I don't know if you remember that one where she. Uh, this is long ago, her first CD. Um, you know, Celine Dion would be a close second in that battle. I, you know, I'm not a big big rap fan, so eliminate the other two. But uh, you know, Mariah Carey with that that CD cover had me had me early at a young age. I think Celine's voice is up there with the best though, so she yeah, would, she would be a very close second. I have a little crush on Celine Dion, and she doesn't get a lot of love on this podcast, but uh, I'm glad to hear Yeah, it's not so. right. What's your favorite Christmas movie? It has to be Elf, I guess. You know, Will Ferrell. I'm a big comedian guy, so uh, I'm all about the comedy. I'd say Elf. Yeah, I like that. Favorite Christmas song in Belt Elf? Oh, wow. Well, I don't know if it would be my personal favorite song, but it has to be the... The 12 Days of Christmas, right? Because we, uh, we, whenever I'm home with the family, they do the uh, 12. We do a lot of songs, but that's the one that everyone gets involved in. So obviously, oh, yeah? the, the five, five golden rings. <laughs> that's usually my line. Three French hens, two <laughs> turtle doves. Keep going. And a partridge in a pear tree. Sorry, yeah. I, I don't know all the, I think I can count the 12, but I, I can't remember. Who was your high school celebrity crush? Jennifer Aniston. Or uh, or Kelly Kapowski, of course. She was great, too. Tiffany Amber. Yeah, she was pretty good. What about Topanga? Oh, Topanga, yeah, yeah, yeah. She was great, too. But I, I also, uh, Mila Kunis, I, you know, I watched that 70s show a lot, too. So 
the Milik units would have been getting the bronze medal. But yeah, Topanga. Who didn't like Topanga? No, for sure. Uh, summer or winter? 100% summer. Yeah. Cat or dog? Um, I would say a dog, but much closer than it used to be. I dated a girl that had two cats, and uh, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of, uh, they grew on me. I, I really started to uh, to enjoy having a, a cat as a pet. But, but I would, I myself personally, I would, I'd be fine without a pet throughout my yeah. life. But the, you know, they're they are great to, to have around. I agree with you. Uh, like, I think cats are, are nice creatures, but I'm allergic to those. Uh, Canada question. Uh, what do I mean by uh, I'm going to make myself a bowl of KD and go out on the ODR snipe a few genos tonight? <laughs> okay, so I, I missed the last part. The last part, or not the last part, the first part. I'll, I'll repeat it, okay? Go make myself a full bowl of KD and go out on the ODR to snipe a few genos tonight. Okay, so KD is 100% craft dinner. Yeah. And ODR, the old, I'm guessing, river, something to do with the river. Close enough. Score a couple goals. Yeah, well, the goals, yeah, you're right. So I got the craft dinner and the goals. I, I I couldn't figure out the... Uh, I think you did well enough. So it's the outdoor rink. Outdoor rink. Okay, yeah, the river was close. The river was close. <laughs> so, uh, Beautiful. Who, who's the Prime Minister of Canada? Uh, is it still that Turbeau? Turneau? Or is he is he done, the young guy? Trudeau? Yeah, you got, still it, right? you got it right. Okay, he's still kicking. Uh, that guy's like, he's, he's yeah, still only like 40 years old, isn't he? What's his wife's name? No, I, I wouldn't know that. I, I don't even know Trump's wife, man, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, no, uh, neither do I. I thought you could tell me. What's yeah, one I'm, not thing... a, I'm not a big government <laughs> guy. <laughs> <laughs> What's one thing that you'd be embarrassed to say that you do in the dressing room? <laughs> you know, I've, I've certainly danced naked before. Uh, my one of my one of my role models was Malcolm McMillan. Uh, you know, and he started doing that before games. Um, so I kind of I kind of followed in his in his footsteps. I mean, that's not, that's not too crazy, though. That's not too bad. I'm sure there's some uh, towel slapping going on, which is uh, you don't see in public restrooms as much. <laughs> I think the guys are pretty comfortable with each other, you know. Yeah. So it's uh, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the locker room. What's your favorite guilty pleasure TV show? Sex in the City would be probably the answer for that, that. That people would be surprised by. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Jersey Shore or, or Kardashian type guy. That that stuff kind of makes me sick to my stomach. So I'd say I'd say. Sex in the City would be the one. Yeah, Sex in the City. Or, or that right. new show, that new. Uh, I haven't watched it as much, but Holy Moly, I think I get connected to that one. The uh, the Steph Curry miniature golf thing. That's kind of. I've never seen that one. No, it's, uh, I've only watched it a couple times. It looks it seems pretty fun. All right, sounds good. Um, so uh, you've been falsely convicted of a serious crime. The death penalty was the sentence. What's your uh, last meal? Um, certainly lasagna would be involved. Um, Nachos, um, cheesecake, ice cream, yeah, ravioli, lasagna, tacos, maybe some pizza. I'm a big eater, so I, I think I could handle all those all those items there and, and call it and, and die a happy death. <laughs> right on, right on. Man, thanks a lot for joining the podcast, and uh, I really appreciate it. I uh, hope you had a good time, and uh, Merry Christmas to you. Rob, really appreciate it, buddy. Thanks for having me on. Uh, cheers, everybody. Happy holidays. Um, you know, appreciate it. Bucket drop. Tune in in the future. Is there a way that people can follow you on uh, Twitter? Facebook right now. Uh, you know, okay. I, I always spend too much time on the Internet, so I kind of stick to the Facebook. But, uh, yeah, I've talked to a lot of fans on there. It's, it's always great to hear from anybody from, from anywhere. So, uh, yeah, feel free to, to check in with Matthew V. Pontery. Uh, I'd love to hear from you. hope you enjoy your uh, Christmas and, uh, and all the best, my friends. Awesome. Take care, buddy. All right, Rob. Thanks, buddy. I did it my way. Yes, there were times I'm sure you knew 